Thank you for tuning in to Island Church Galveston's podcast. Today's podcast message is from Island Church's 2019 Fall Harvest Conference. Be blessed and encouraged by today's message. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'll say this. If you've been coming this week, I, I didn't make it in until Monday night. But if you had been coming this week, oh my goodness, this morning was wonderful. Yeah. Pastor Rusty ministering this morning. Pastor Eddie yesterday on, on the thought life. And, and um, you know, kind of where things have gone. I would just say this. Um, you, you know, people say, well, you know, you go minister the word. Well, I was. But, you know, let's just say if you didn't get any more word tonight, you've had enough word this week to last you an, into the next millennium. And uh, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. But it just doesn't seem like we're quite done, so I'm, I'm just kind of circling the airport here for a few minutes just to see, you know. Um, hallelujah. Well, let's just lift our hands and pray in the Holy Ghost for a minute. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, is there anything else you actually want to do here? Glory to God. Well, we could, yeah, we could do that. That'd be good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> well, um, you know, if you go back to uh, Paul's writing to the Romans, Romans chapter 1, verse 10, he said, uh, writing to the Romans, now stop thinking about that, he's writing, this, he's writing this letter to the Romans. I don't think he saw down the road and realized that it would be a letter in the Bible called the book of Romans. I don't know that he saw the New Testament, you know, all laid out ahead of time and knew that his letters to the churches would be New Testament epistles that would change our lives. I don't know. Don't know. When I get it on the other side, I might ask him, but I'll probably forget too, so I won't. But, but, um, but think about that. He's writing this letter. The book of Romans is amazing. It's just there's so much in the, the book of Romans. You could just, if that's all you had, you could be a successful Christian. Well, thank God that you got more than that. But if that's all you had, if you just were on a, stranded on a desert island and you had the book of Romans, you could live successfully. There's enough in there, enough truth in there. Romans, the seventh chapter, Paul talks about battles that he had. Romans, the eighth chapter, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. You know, and it goes in there, the eighth chapter, verse 14, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So anyway, um, we could go on and on. But now in Romans chapter 1, uh, writing to the saints at Rome, Romans chapter 1, verse 10, he says, uh, he says, uh, uh, he says uh, making requests now, if by any means, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come and see you. For I long to see you. Oh, that's great. They, you guys do good. <laughs> For I long to see you. I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift or some supernatural spiritual endowment. Some dose of the Holy Ghost. I, so, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. To the end you might be established, made steady, made to stand. Okay? So Paul's writing, and he's, he's writing to him, and he said, I'm making a request. I'm praying that I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you because I long to see you. Why do I long to see you? Oh, you got something I want. No, I didn't have anything he wanted. He said, I don't long to see you to get what you got. I long to see you because you got what I've got. You need what I've got. All right. I need to get something to you. Now, think about that. I, I'm a word people. All right. 
Thank God for the Word. Thank God for the Word. God's Word has, does, and always will continue to change my life. The most important possession I have is the Word of God. Not just what's in the book, but what gets in my heart. And, uh, you know, and, and so, but if we could say, if you just have the Word, that's all you need. But the, 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 the forte of this conference is, if somebody can help me with that, it's the Word, celebrating the Word and demonstration of the Spirit. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I didn't grow up around all this. I told God when God began to deal with me a number of years ago, actually, I, I was with Brother Hagin. I was, and Brother Hagin wasn't a talking kind of a person. You sit with him for two hours, and he'd just act like you weren't even in the same room, you know. <laughs> Maybe not everybody else, but at least with me. He'd just sit there for two hours. <laughs> he'd sit there about two hours, and all of a sudden he'd go, well, glad you came over. In other words, go home. I'm driving. I'm ready to go to bed. And, and uh, I say that lovingly. I, I, I'm, I'll be forever indebted to that man. And uh, but but I remember I was with them one time, and 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 he's just he's just kind of sitting there, like normal. And all of a sudden he says, uh, "You know, this had to be uh, maybe early to mid '80s at the most." He said, "You know," he said, "the teaching revivals beginning to wane." Well, it doesn't mean you don't have teaching, but it means God brought the, the you know, for years, preachers were at the forefront, and teachers could hardly make a living. And then everything changed, and we came in what we call the Word of Faith, teaching, revival, whatever we want to call it. But it was a move that the forte was teaching. Most of the people at the, at the leadership of that move were teaching gifts. And so, um, so he made this statement he said, well, you know, the teaching revival is beginning to wane. didn't say it's going to go away. We're not going to have teachers anymore. But as a wave, it was, beginning, it was beginning to wane a little bit. I thought, oh, great. I'm a teacher. <laughs> now what do I do? You know? <laughs> you know? So anyway, I go back, sell real estate. I don't know. He said, the teaching revival is beginning to wane. Well, you know, that's all he said. So I didn't ask anything. I knew better. I said, okay. And he got quiet. And I thought, uh... Is there more to that? A little while later, he said, you know, there's a move of the Spirit coming. Yeah. And I thought, my mama didn't raise a moron. I can put two and two together. He said, the, the, the teaching revival is beginning to wane, but there's a move of the Spirit coming. He's not saying we're going to replace teaching. He says, we're going to add the moving of the Spirit to the teaching. We're going to bring the Word and the Spirit together. I could interpret what he was saying real good. So I said, Lord, I, I prayed about that after I said, Lord, we got a problem <laughs> because, you know, I need to help you with this. Now, I know you've never done anything like that, but I said, Lord, in case you, you know, don't like remember all this, I didn't grow up around all this. I didn't grow up around Pentecost. I barely grew up around church. Till I was about six, we're in, a we're in the middle of nowhere, out on a little tiny farm in the country in Michigan, had a little country church, had probably a dozen people in it. I was in there till I was about six, and we moved to the city, had two stoplights, and, uh, you know, and, and went to a very, very nominal denominational church. Uh, a liberal branch of one of the denominations, and we start going there. Uh, you know, I, if they had altar calls, I don't know it, but I grew up knowing, uh, hungry for the things of God, but I just didn't know where to go find them. And so I, I remember a, 
I, I began to plead my case to God. I said, God, you know, I've never seen any of this. You know, if there's a move of the Spirit coming, I said, you're talking to the wrong guy. Because I said, I got friends that grew up under a church pew. I got friends that grew up around the move of God. I got friends that, that grew up watching people, Holy Ghost meetings, where people would get so full of the Holy Ghost, they'd have to carry them out, throw them in the backseat of the car, and they'd be drunk in the Holy Ghost for three days. Couldn't speak in English for two or three days at a time. I, I got friends that have talked to me about meetings like that. And I said, go use them. Go use them. They know all, but they know what this is going on. I said, God, I don't know whether there be any Holy Ghost. I mean, you know, I'm filled and I pray in tongues, but the, all the moving of the Spirit, I don't get that. And uh, I talked to a friend of mine one time that had grown up around that, and I said, I don't know what, you know, I said, if that's what God's doing, I'm in trouble because I don't know anything about any of this. Never been around it. And, and I remember he said, you know, he said, yeah, if you notice, um, if you take a tube of toothpaste, all you got to do is squeeze it and What's going to come out? I said, toothpaste. He said, you just stay full of the Holy Ghost. All God's got to do is squeeze you a little bit, and the move of the Spirit will come out. I thought, I'm so glad God can put things simple for me. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be deep revelation. He just talks to me about tubes of toothpaste, you know? You know? And, and if you squeeze it, you can't put it back in anyway, so you, you're going to end up with something. So, so anyway, so I, I was on a, I was on a, a, a quest. And so this is all new territory to me, but I began to see things like the Apostle Paul where he said, uh, he said, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. And, and I saw that, you know, I, I learned by being around Brother Hagin for so, a number of years, uh, I, I watched the word side of him, but I began to realize I need to watch the spirit side of him. He was not only a, a Bible teacher, not only a faith teacher, but he was a Holy Ghost guy long yeah. before he was a, a faith teacher. Yeah. And so, man, I, so I, I, I worked, I volunteered when I, pray, when I worked for him. I, I volunteered to work as prayer lines. I said, God, I'll do this the rest of my life. All I want to do is get up here and catch people. I just, I'll, if he lays hands on them, I'll catch them. Because enough that's going to spill over, I'm going to get some of it. But looking back through, the Word of God changed my life. It does and always will continue to change my life. So I'm not taking anything away from that. But, but. The Word's what laid the foundation for my entire life. The Word's what makes everything work. The Word's what everything works around it. Everything comes from that and goes to that, and that's the focal point of everything. But I look back through, and over the last 40-some-odd years, I look back through, and the Word's what laid the foundation for my walk with God. It's amazing. You know, you, you, can't, you can't replace that. But, the, the, but the, there, are these, there are these road markers you know, you, I, Janet and I used to drive to our meetings a lot, and, and you'd figure out what road marker you were near on highway, you know, I-44 or whatever. And there, there are these road markers in my life where I can look back and see where all of a sudden there's a, 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 some kind of a turning point in my life, some kind of an increase, some kind of a change, some kind of a turning point. So the word's what, the word's what just changed my life, but these, there's some other things I'd, I'd encounter that would change the course of my life I'd call, them, I'd call them encounters with the Holy Ghost. Paul called them impartations. Yeah. There were times he said, in other words, he said, I'm sending, you, I'm sending you a letter to the Romans, which now we roam through Romans. I mean, now we've got, it's a book. And he didn't say, this is an amazing letter. This is all you're ever going to need. If you just read this and read this and read this and read this, this is all you're ever going to need. No, he said, I'm giving you the letter. And in the letter, I'm telling you, I want to come see you because there's some things I can get to you face to face that I can't get to you just through the, the letter. Or I can get the word to you this way, but I got to get some things of the Holy Ghost to you. Yes. I want to get some impartations yeah. into your life, some Holy Ghost deposits, some measures of the Spirit of God that will change the course of your life. Right. I remember... A, 
and, and, and we're, I'm just going to share just a few minutes on this. We're going to do something else. Um, and and uh, Brother Hagen started Rhema in 1974. I didn't know who Kenneth E. Hagen was. I didn't know what a Rhema was. I barely knew what a Bible school was. I barely knew what heaven was. I hadn't been saved very long. I got almost talked into going to Moody Bible Institute. I got almost talked into going to Wheaton College. Nothing wrong with either one of those. I took a look. I stopped to see uh, Evangel uh, in Springfield. I stopped to look at CBC and I saw all these schools. And every time I looked at one, something inside would go, that's not it. That's not it. Then I found out about this new school with 50 students, 58 students, in a little square building in Tulsa. And I, I, I read the, just a little three-fold brochure. wasn't a packet that thick came through the mail to my parents' house in Michigan. I opened it up, and it was just like the Holy Ghost jumped inside me. He said, that's where you need to go. That's where you need to go. I said, Lord, I don't even know what this is. And besides that, it just showed up two weeks late. It's been going for two weeks. I'll go next year. Well, I mentioned that to my parents. I worked with my dad. Was, I was in real estate at the time. My dad was one of the brokers and company owners. And, and I said, this is where I need to go. He said, well, pack up and go. You're miserable here. I said, I know. He said, you got to do something. You better do it. I said, yeah, Dad, I know, but it's too late. I'll go next year. He said, why? And I said, because it's already started. They won't let me go. He said, he said I said, I can't go this year. He said, there's no such word as can't. Go get on the phone. I said, all right. So I got on the phone, got hold of the head secretary. And uh, it was first year, so I'm sure they were kind of scrambling for students. But they, she accepted me over the phone. <laughs> I never did file, I never, I never, they don't have an application on file for me because I never filled one out. I just said, if you can get here in a week, you can come. So I thought, oh, great, now what am I going to do? So anyway, so I packed a couple, I just sold my car, I was going to get a bigger car to go, for, you know, sell real estate and all this, and packed two, two suitcases and headed down there, had a friend that lived in Tulsa, and so I ended up there, and, and so I got our own Brother Hagen, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I am a sponge, you know, I'm just, I'm soaking everything up, and we went through nine months of school, and we got to the last week, and he said, now, he said, tomorrow, come back in ready, he said, we're going to have a laying out of hand service, we're going we're gonna to pray for God to impart things into your life, I thought, they didn't do that at the church I came out of. Not even close. The only time they laid hands on us is if we were in trouble and as kids. And Anyway, so I'm getting to something with this. So I remember the next day there were 58 of us, and some of the guys had spouses they, were, they brought with them. And, and uh, Brother Hagin said, bring, if you have a spouse, bring your spouse with you. So anyway, so he said, I'm going to lay hands on everybody here, and we're going to send you out like they did in Acts the 13th chapter. We're going to launch you out of here. So he starts out, and he goes to the first person. He says, now, Lord, we're going to lay our hands on these graduating students, graduating this week, going to lay our hands on them. And, and Lord, I ask you to impart to them whatever supernatural spiritual endowments they're, ever, they're going to need to get started in the ministry, whatever endowments, whatever endowments, whatever spiritual gifts, whatever impartations, anything they need to go out and get started to obey you as they launch out into your will for their lives. I ask you, Lord, as we lay hands on them, I ask you to impart that into their lives. You know what they need. And now this is all Greek to me. I'm going, well, God, I, every, everything else he said has helped me, so I'll take whatever this is. Never heard of impartations, doses of the Holy Ghost. I was filled. That's all I knew. Prayed in tongues. I knew that. Then he made the statement. He said, and, Lord, I ask you, and I've been here in faith. This is 1974. This is the peak. This is the, the jump start, the catalyst of the, what we call the Word of Faith movement. So I've been hearing faith taught every direction you can think of, and a bunch of them you probably couldn't think of. I'd heard faith taught for nine straight months, everything. And, um, 
but, but, but I had heard so much about faith that it was, it was kind of all running together. I was confused. And I got believing, saying, acting, hindrances, roadblocks. I got everything you can think of about faith, and I'm trying to sort this out. And I'm still pretty much a new Christian. And, but he stops and he says, and now, Lord, and I ask you to impart to them that same spirit of faith that you put into me so many years ago. I said, now, Lord, nothing else made any sense, but I know that. I've watched that. I've seen that. And I want that. Anything else you want to do is okay, but whatever that is, I need that. Because whatever he's got, I need some of that. I didn't, I didn't have a vision. I didn't hear a voice. I didn't get goosebumps. He laid hands on me. I went back to my seat. But I noticed probably over the next couple of weeks, all of a sudden, something started working on the end. There was something so real, so tangible, that all of a sudden, faith went from a formula to a life. We live by faith. Something changed in me. That was 1970, May of 1975. We're a couple of years down the road now. And it changed the course of my life. I, I, these, there are these road markers in my life when God just, you know, I mean, we could go on and on. I could just tell you certain points in the past 40 years where all of a sudden, I mean, God would just almost surprise me and there'd be an encounter. Whether I had a great moving experience, there was one time I was in a meeting, Brother Hagan, again, he was laying hands on ministers one night at a, in a, one of his meetings in Colorado. Janet and I had gone to there and, and uh, got to the end of the service one night. He said, now we're going to lay hands on all the ministers. Anybody that wants to get something from the Holy Ghost, come up here. I thought, that's what I'm here for. I got in that line. Janet and I both got in the line, standing up there. He laid hands on me. And I tell you, it was, it was not a mercy fall. I mean, I, I, I was down under the power of God, and I laid there, and I thought, well, I've been here long enough. I better get up, you know. I thought I better get up. You know, probably ready to close the service. Well, I opened my eyes. I sat up, and the building's empty. I thought, well, I hope they didn't lock me in. I have no idea how long I was down there. But Brother Hagin, he spoke some things by the Holy Ghost, spoke a number of things by the Spirit of God. And I heard them as I was going down to the floor, and I was down there for who knows how long. My wife, she finally got up. She's sitting there on the chair waiting for me. But it was an encounter with the Holy Ghost, and it changed the course of some things in my life. It didn't replace the word, but he said, I long to see that I may impart, impart to you some spiritual gift. To the end, you may be established. What it did was it helped to root and ground some things in my life to get me established, steadied, and made to stand. And I, we, we need impartations of the Holy Ghost. Somebody goes, well, I already got the Holy Ghost. I do too, but I got room for more. Amen. There's always room for more. Amen. There's one baptism and many refillings. There's a dose of the Holy Ghost when you're filled. But I'll tell you what, I can look back. I could think of probably immediately off of probably at least a half a dozen times in, over the years where there'd be an encounter, an encounter where God would... Boy, I mean, he would just drop something on the inside of me, and it changed the course of my life. Some things, it, would, it wouldn't be instant, but I'd get down the road, and I'd see some major changes taking place. And I'd realize that God started that about five years earlier in a meeting where a whole, an impartation of the Holy Ghost was made. Now, nobody can make a choice. I'm gonna, you don't carry it around in a bag over your shoulders. I'm going to give gifts to everybody tonight. That wasn't what Paul was saying. He's just saying, I want to get to you because there's some things I can get to you face to face that I can't get to you through a letter. I can't, get to, I can't do it over the internet. I can't do it over a TV screen. I can't do it over a, a video program. Those things are all good. They're great, nothing wrong. But he said there's some things that have got to have face-to-face -face contact. Got, there's places you get impartation. And uh, in studying that, in studying that, you can go back and, and if you look at 11th, the 11th chapter of the book of Numbers, the, <laughs> Moses is saying, God, I know I messed up. I know I killed a guy. I know I was in the backside of the desert. I'm 
paraphrasing. I know I messed up, but God, did I, what did I do so wrong that you, you put this on me? You gave me a church of three million people and not one of them saved. <laughs> oh, dear God. Okay, biggest church in the world makes Dr. Cho's look small. Biggest church, the church in the wilderness, three million people. God, you gave me three million people, and they got nothing but problems, and none of them are saved. And uh, God, 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 you, I can't do this. God, here, just kill me. <laughs> Let's get this over with. God, just please, just kill me. I know none of you, none of you have ever thought that. God, just this is not working. Just God, just kill me. God goes, well, no, we got, I got a better idea. Choose out seventy leaders. And, and that you see as leaders and bring them all together. And when I come down to hang out with you, I'm going to take you, when my presence comes down, I'm going to take some of what's on you and I'm going to put it on all of them. And they're going to, I'm going to distribute this out there. I'm going to put impartations into their lives. And so instead of you doing all this, you're going to have 70 people you're going to be able to distribute this out to. And you can see that in the 11th chapter of the book of Numbers. And of course you see in Numbers 27, I think, where... He said, uh, he told Moses, he said, find Joshua and put your hands on him. Put your honor on him. So he did, and then you find Deuteronomy 34 said Moses was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. See, God can impart things. You know, I mean, we could go on and on. We could spend just a couple nights on this. We're not going to, but, but God imparts things, number one, by his presence, number two, by laying out of hands. Yeah. There are other ways he does that, but those are the two primary. You can just get in a meeting in the presence of God, and you can get a deposit of something by the Holy Ghost that will change the course of your life. Right. Man, I go to meetings. I don't care if they have a laying on of hand service or not. I go to a meeting. I plan to end up somewhere under a chair, if possible. If not, I'm going to take something anyway. I plan when I go to a meeting, I don't come. Well, I do come. I come just kind of greedy. I come because I want something, and if somebody else doesn't want theirs, I'll take mine and theirs. If they'll turn it down, point it my direction. I'm a spiritual glutton. Okay? But I go to meetings to get something because I know the more I get, the more I've got to give, such as I have given by thee. So anyway, so sometimes just some, they don't have to have a laying out of hand service. Just if the presence of God's there, I'm going to get something. I'm, I'm determined, you know, and it's working. Okay. I haven't got everything, but I got more than I used to have. So anyway, and, but then there are times through the laying out of hands and God, God can impart the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God can impart healing. He can impart healings and miracles, law of contact and transmission. God's power surges from his throne through a being into somebody that has a need, and God can work a miracle that way. So I want us just to finish up that way. I want us to finish up. I think probably one more thing we could do. Uh, if Pastor Rusty's got anything else, we'll just go with it. But I think one thing is if you say, man, you, people, people have gotten healed through the meeting here, but uh, I, I haven't got mine yet. So if you need a healing in your body, we'll lay hands on you and believe God to impart into your life, the healing virtue of the Lord Jesus, and start working a miracle in your being from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. So we ought to stand to our feet right now, and if that's you, say, I, 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 I need a healing. I need a miracle in my life. I need a healing, and, and I, I want some of that. Okay? If that's you, wave your hand at me. Okay? So if, I, I'll let the ushers direct all this, but if you want to come up and line up up here, I'm going to ask... Uh, pastor to, to, to maybe go at one end of the line, and I'll go to the other end of the line, and we'll believe God. There's, there's you know, we, we got the Holy Ghost was moving through what we call word of knowledge, but it was, we just hit the, the, the tip of the iceberg. There was a lot more there. There was a lot more we just didn't have the time to get into. 
Hallelujah. When I begin to be in the ministry, start in the ministry, I, I got around every preacher I could that I thought had any kind of anointing. Yeah. Yes. And I drew on that with everything I had. Yeah. I actually prayed that I would have time with 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 men like Brother Hagen, like Brother Summerall, like Brother Osteen. I counted up uh, 30, 30 something men from from Oral Roberts, uh, uh, Brother Hagen, Brother Osteen, R.W. Shambach, Kenneth Copeland, Jerry Savelle, Charles Caps, uh, Jesse Duplantis, uh, uh, Tommy Barnett. Uh, I could go on and on and on. Wow. And, and, wow. and every one of those men, I drew on that. Now, not only did I draw on what they had personally, I drew on that which they had gotten from other men. When Brother Summerall laid hands on me, I drew on that which he got from Smith Wigglesworth. That's right. I mean, I Generational. had it in my mind. Absolutely. I drew on. I said, I'm pulling on, pulling on everything this man had. He prayed for me three times. The first time he prayed for me, he just went, be blessed. Second time he went, be blessed. The third time I was in a green room with him. And he's a pretty intimidating guy. We're sitting there and we'd had kind of a quiet conversation. And I said, Brother Summerall, you've prayed for me twice. And all you ever said was, be blessed. And that's not enough for me. And he looked at me and said, huh. He said, huh. And he took his chair and pulled it around and reached across and got a hold of me and prayed for 20 minutes. I did the same thing with Teal Osborne. He watched me around a hotel lobby for 20 minutes praying for me. When he let go of me, I don't know if I even knew where I was for two days. As soon as I got home, I, I was coming home from Europe. I'd been in a bunch of meetings in Europe. Now I came home, I told Leah, you're not gonna believe what happened to me. I walk in the park into the, into the hotel. I was going to the restaurant to get a salad. And I said, there's that T.L. and Daisy Osborne. She said, what'd you do? So what do you think I did? I went right over and said, introduced myself, said, pray for me. Drew on everything I could get. Drew on everything I could get. So not only does something reside in the ministries up here, Pastor Mark's been ministered to by many of these same men, but he has his own anointing also. But here's something you have to understand. You have your own anointing. And when something like this happens, what you're doing is you're stirring that gift and anointing that's inside of you. That, 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 that's exactly what all those other men did, the generation before that. There was a stirring of the gifting of God on the inside of them. So tonight, lift up your hands right now. Lift up your hands. Begin to be expectant of the gift in you being stirred like it's never been stirred before. Like it's never been stirred before. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We pull on the glory from heaven. We pull on the anointing of Almighty God. The same spirit that operated in the Apostle Paul and Barnabas. The same spirit that, not, that operated in John, the beloved. The same spirit that operated in all of the other men of the Bible. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers. And Father, from our generation, from 1907 all the way down till now, the Holy Ghost men and women of our generation that have flooded this world with the knowledge of God. Father, we thank you that gifting in us for this day and this hour is stirred like never before. Stirred like never before. 
Oh, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Stir like never before. Stir like never before. Stir like never before. Stir like never before. <laughs> Lift your hands and worship the Lord. Now these are the beginnings. As a tide that would begin to slowly rise. Until it fills in all of the coves and channels. And there's a fullness of the water in the system. So shall my spirit even this night breaking loose here in other churches that are represented in ministries that are here. You shall see that these are the beginnings and you'll look back in the years to come and you'll say, I remember when I was there and it began and it started to move and it will not be noticeable. It will not be advertised. There will be no great fanfare at first at first then the hungry hearts will recognize what they're hungry for the hungry hearts will realize what they do not have and there will be a breakthrough of the walls of religion the walls of an atheistic atmosphere and the walls of that which has withheld moves of the spirit in this nation for over two decades and churches will be revived and the power of God shall flow and healing shall manifest and God's people shall be returned to health health in their bodies health in their finances health in their churches health in their vision health in their marriages health in their families and all will see what is of light what is of darkness what is of life what is of death and what is of God and what is not of God and yes there will be a division there will be a splitting in this nation of those that will step to one side and say I'm not nor will not be a part of that but then there's the others that will step to the other side and they will step into the glory of God and my hand of favor shall be upon them in business, in commerce, in all areas in which the body needs supply and flow. Those things shall come online and a great outpouring of provision shall hit my body. So be expectant declare it one to another say one to another it started it started it started it starts many times as a gentle breeze that barely blows but it will pick up and come to full velocity and you will be able to enjoy all its benefits thank you Lord Jesus glory glory receive that Receive that in your spirit. Receive that in your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I actually heard Brother Hagen give this illustration. Uh, what's today? Wednesday? Yesterday. 
he talked about his Texas history. How many know your Texas history? When I was in high school or in school, they taught it to us in the seventh grade and the 11th grade. Back in 1836, Texas fought for its independence from Mexico. And in San Antonio, Texas, there was a, 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 a Spanish mission called the Alamo. 286 men of all nationalities and races that were there blocking the advance of an army of over 3,800. And Colonel Travis, William Travis, realized the situation. After the troops in Goliath had been ambushed, Sam Houston was not able to make it from San Jacinto to bring relief in time, he realized the only benefit of their sacrifice would be to delay that army until Sam Houston could develop his. So he took in that courtyard and he drew a line with his sword in the dirt. And he said this, any man that wants to stay defend this new nation being birthed that would give your life for this nation, step across this line. Of course, he was first. His adjutant was second. Man after man followed him. He also said, if you do not want to step across this line, there's no incrimination. There's no, you need to go back to your family, whatever you need to do. But if you want to stay and be a part of this, then step across this line. And one by one, each man stepped across that line. And the last man, Jim Bowie, lie on a cot, sick with typhus, could not move. But he had four soldiers grab the four posts of his bed and carry him across the line. I tell you, there's a line in the sand in the spirit that God has drawn. And you say, what does it require? Same thing it required them. It required their life. It required their life. And when you realize in your own life that you've stepped across that line, there's no turning back. There's no turning back. And God is calling us as a people to do that. We've said this many times in teaching and preaching. The commitment, the consecration that comes from the soul many times loses its momentum. But when you make a decision, no more consecrations, no more commitments. I give my life to the Lord. Is when you step into something spiritually. Step into something by faith that you'll never regret here on earth nor when you get to heaven hallelujah one more time lift your hands and worship for me. father we worship you thank you for what you've done for us this week thank you for how you've touched our hearts thank you for the words that we've heard the scripture that has been preached the fellowship that we've had together the anointings that have been released the healings that have manifested truly you have been in this place and we do not take it for granted we give no credit to our own faith no credit to our days of intercession we say that by the mercy and grace of God Almighty he's been with us been with his children and been with his we're so thankful thank you for the hearts of the servants of this church that have served in the praise and worship that has served as ushers, that have served back in the sound booth, that have served in the children ministries, 
that have been a great blessing to help the structure of the church contain and hold and be the platform for that which the Holy Ghost desires to do. Thank you for their hearts. Increase their hearts. Enrich their hearts. Bless their lives. For truly, the servants are the closest to the Master's heart. Thank you, Father. For every ministry that's here tonight, a fresh anointing. A fresh anointing from heaven. Going back to another country, going back to another city or state. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that the fire of God and the seal of God burns brightly on the inside and will not be extinguished. And by their own choice, they will not let that fire go out, but they will cause that fire to burn brightly in their ministries, in their churches, their cities, and wherever they are in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. Let your protecting hand be upon us as we depart one from another, as we go to the places you've called us to. We declare no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. We thank you, Heavenly Father, in the righteous labor of men and women's hands. We call every business blessed. Every businessman blessed. Every person in their job blessed, promoted, increased. All they put their hand to prospers in the name of Jesus. How we thank you, Father. How we thank you, Lord. We stand in awe of Almighty God as we worship you this night. Glorify your holy name. We are so grateful. We are so thankful. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Island Church's 2019 Fall Harvest Conference podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.